All right, welcome to The Dots, The Daily Dots for Monday, November the 6th. Uh, this is Chase here with you, flying solo today. Um, this one's going to be pretty quick, I think. Not It's a very light week on data this whole week. Um, and honestly, today was probably the biggest day with the Senior Loan Officer Survey, um, which I am going to talk about, probably the only thing I want to talk about other than what happened in markets today. Um, but that was some that, that was kind of reasonably interesting today. Um, which we'll get into here in just a sec. On the day, <clears throat> uh, S&P was up about 0.2%. Um, NASDAQ about 03 The Dow was flat. Small caps, the Russell 2000, those were down a little over 1%. Um, so, I, I mean, it's clear at this point, last week, yes, like some real, some real buying um, happened whenever, you know, bond yields started to fall, which you would expect. But at the same time, a, a lot of that was a big squeeze. The the stuff that everyone was short, I mean, just ripped higher. So Russell 2000 obviously had a great week. Stuff like ARC, I mean, huge up, upside weeks. And then today, for example, ARC was down almost 2%. Um, so it seems like the squeeze portion is over. That doesn't mean that the rally's over. It just means that that violent you know, rally in the call it less quality stuff is maybe behind us. Um but on the day to day, I mean, we, you had Apple up over one percent, Microsoft Microsoft up over one percent, Amazon was up almost one percent, Nvidia up over one percent. Tesla was actually down on the day, but uh, Google up almost one percent, Meta up a little bit. So Magnificent Seven were other than Tesla were all green on the day and all at least you know thirty eight basis points or so. So a pretty decent day for for the the leaders um, in the market as a whole. Um, outside of the indices, volatility was down because that's what it does. Um, spot VIX is now under 15. Um, the kind of front month futures is a little over 15. Uh, oil was up a little bit. Uh, importantly, bond yields kind of snapped back higher. The two year especially was up uh, about 10 basis points. The 10 year, uh, about eight basis points. So pretty decent move higher in yields. And some of that was after the sluice, the senior loan officer survey, which to me doesn't make sense, but we'll get into that. Um, uranium of note was down pretty big, as was natural gas. A couple of the things we like here at Bulwark. Um, I'm not sure why on uranium, but on natural gas, the the weather models that came out over the weekend were pretty brutal. It, it looks like a, a very warm November for the rest of November. So especially where it counts, kind of east of the Rockies where you know you have a lot of population. So um, judging off of just what we see in those weather models and some forecasts from um, smart people I respect, like Sean Hackett, it looks to me like we'll have a pretty warm November and then until late December, even a pretty warm December. I think in that back half of December, you open up to some pretty some pretty cold possibilities, whether that's from um, you know polar vortex or just basic weather patterns. Like I, I, I think you can get a lot colder. So what could happen here? is we could have a nasty move lower in, in natural gas and in coal um, that lasts for four or five, six weeks and then kind of violently turns its, turns itself back higher. But as with anything, like weather especially, uh, who knows? So we'll have to keep an eye on it. But but for today, it was kind of a, a bloodbath in natural gas um, as well as, I mean, really kind of all things, uh, kind of energy, energy commodity side, especially energy equities. So... Um, that was something I found notable. Um, 
the dollar today was up about uh, 0.2%, so a little bit of a bounce back for the dollar. Uh, nothing nothing big, but, I mean, it, it had a pretty ugly week last week. So, um, so I'll, I'll move now into that, like, that senior loan officer survey from the Fed. So for... I'm not going to spend a little bit of time kind of explaining it because I'm, I'm sure not a lot of people really follow this, but it's, but to me, it's a pretty important, it's, it's a survey of banks to let you know what they're doing with lending standards. Um, it is very, very misunderstood. Uh, even, even a lot of pretty smart professionals that I respect I seem to not understand how this thing works and get it wrong. So I kind of want to explain it in, in, in a little depth. So every three months they, ask the banks 25 questions and then some special questions that happen to, you know, kind of matter for that quarter. Um, and the way this thing breaks down is, is the bank will say, well, we're kind of loosening. We're kind of, uh, tightening. We're staying the same or we're like really tightening or we're really loosening, you know, lending standards. Um, and from that, that you kind of come up with like a, a composite score from that, uh, it even gets charted and you'll see people kind of sharing the chart, which can be really misleading because the number itself is up based on, Hey, the last three months, which if you think about it is sort of versus the three months prior. Uh, so this, this quarter, for example, less banks were tightening lending standards than prior, which means the line on the chart went down. So I think a lot of people see that and like, Oh, well that means that, uh, lending standards are, are getting better. They're getting looser um, or demand for loans is getting, is going higher, but that, that's not, that's not at all what it's saying. Um, if you think about it, a good way to kind of think about this as a, a thought exercise is if you had the tightest lending standards in the history of the banking system, the next sluice that came out, if everyone just stayed the same, no one tightened lending standards anymore, the line on that chart would go way down. So it looked like they just completely relaxed their lending standards on the chart. But in reality, nothing changed. Um, so there was a little bit of that today. If you actually kind of dig in on the data, and it's a 57-page document. So it's, not even, it's not even that hard to go through, but I, I can kind of tell a lot of people just didn't bother to do any of that. But I'll, I'll run through some of the um, categories where they asked. Um, and, and this is specifically for um, for business loans, which is uh, – it was representative of everything. and. and whether it was business loans, consumer loans, um, real estate, it, it didn't really matter. Like all of it was pretty close to the same, but this was, I'll just read off some of these. So this was the cost of credit lines to, um, to businesses. When it came to how many tightened considerably, it was six, how many, how many tightened somewhat 23 and then remained unchanged 28 eased somewhat one. And that, that's pretty representative of, of a lot of these. So premiums charged on riskier loans, 25 tightened somewhat, five tightened considerably, 29 remained unchanged, zero eased somewhat, and zero eased considerably. So literally no banks eased on the premium charged on riskier loans. And 59 either stayed the same or tightened some. I mean, 25 tightened somewhat. But remember, like, so that's tightening in the last three months only. So we were pretty tight on lending standards coming into this quarter and we got tight er. So it's important to remember, like we went from really tight to even tighter, but, but again, people were seeing like, Oh, there's a line down on that chart. That means it got better. I, and to include some really smart people that were like, Oh, demand for loans is coming back. But if you actually look into it, 
the demand for loans just got less awful in the last three months compared to the before that. And it was still negative. So it got worse in the last three months than it was in the three months prior to that. But it just kind of has this false effect of looking like it got better and eased up. But if you just go category by category by category, and there are dozens of them, how many of these eased, how many lending standards eased was very, very low number. So something like loan covenants, 11 banks tightened somewhat, one tightened considerably, zero eased. Or um, the spread on loan rates over your bank's cost of funds. Three actually eased somewhat, not bad, but 30 tightened somewhat. Um, for collateraliz collateralization requirements, eight tightened somewhat, zero eased. The use of interest rate floors, 11 tightened somewhat, one tightened considerably, zero eased. And this is kind of like representative. You just go down through each category, a lot of tightening and not almost and almost no uh, loosening of lending standards, which makes sense. I mean, at the end of the day, these banks have – they still have balance sheet problems. They have – future credit problems, even though on the credit side, you know, they haven't had to like crystallize any, any significant losses yet. Yes, they're starting to have their delinquencies pile up, but they're not alarmed about that. And they're not really having, you know, outright defaults yet. So on the credit side is still more of a future problem, which I think they're starting to kind of, you know, maybe they're the first inning of come, come to grips with that. Um, but on the, on the balance sheet side, you know, they're unrealized losses and things like treasuries and mortgages those things are still sky high. Um, so they, they have to deal with that. And one of the ways one of the really the only way you can deal with that is to stop lending. And I mean, we have seen lending dramatically slow down this year. Uh, I, I think it, that turned up a notch for sure. Um, during the SVB crisis in the spring, but even, even before that, in the, in the early months of this year, lending was already starting to slow down. Uh, and that it's not something that has like really reaccelerated, um, in the last few months or anything. So pretty clear from not only this data from the loan officer survey, but from the actual lending data that banks are keeping, keeping lending standards type. So I just wanted to go through that, go through that methodology a little bit. So you understand if you see anything floating around about, about this data that no, it, it didn't loosen up. It didn't get better. All it was, was banks, tightened less this quarter than they did last quarter, but they still tightened. So things went from tight to more tight in the, in the last three months. Um, I would expect the same thing to happen again next quarter. And in fact, I would not be surprised if it looks even better next quarter, but that's just because, you know, trees don't grow to the sky. Like at some point your lending standards are so tight that they can't even really get that much tighter to begin with. Uh, so don't, don't be surprised if fourth quarter numbers come out and, you see, well, well, this looks even better. And in reality, it, it's still tighter than it was the quarter before. Same thing. But that's all I have for today. I just wanted to kind of break apart the sluice since it was really the only data that came out and then just touch on the markets a little bit with a, a little extra focus on natural gas and how that may play out. And one thing I'll, I will add as I'll let you go is on that same weather front, uh, keep an eye on Brazil. They're, they're having some pretty significant drought stress uh, in the Mato Grosso region, which is where they grow a significant portion of their crops. So I think things like uh, soybeans, especially, but even also corn, cotton are going to get a lot tighter uh, in the next six months, judging by what it looks like. Again, the, a lot of this for me is 
is on the on the on the shoulders of Sean Hackett's work um, because he's proven himself to be very adept at figuring out weather patterns that other people can't see coming. And uh, I think the analog he's using is making a lot of sense. And so far, it's playing out really well. So keep an eye on the growing season out of Brazil for some pretty tight um, agricultural markets, especially in, in the grains complex. And, and to me, at least, especially in the soybean um, sector. So keep an eye on that. And we'll be back tomorrow for another Daily Dots where I doubt we'll talk about soybeans. Cheers. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.